0: Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. This is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Matt Bardsley. Matt's the CEO of Medical Director, one of Australia's leading practice management systems for healthcare practitioners. In the wake of COVID-19 and the impact it's had on the global healthcare system, technology providers have been searching for ways to add more value to their existing products and create new offerings and enable practitioners to deliver patient care safely and effectively. One of those technology providers in Australia's medical director. Their fearless leader, Matt Bardsley, has been on the show once before, and I recommend you to go back and check out episode 15 back in August of last year, um, after you've listened to this one, of course. Fast forward to today, Matt and the team have been working on a lot of different things at Medical Director at the moment, but he's here today to talk through how they've responded to the crisis at hand. Matt, how are you going?
1: Yeah, very well. Yourself better staying safe and sane as best as we all can.
0: Safe and sane with the. With the makeshift uh, recording studios in, uh, yeah. in the houses, you, you get resourceful in times like this. So, so it's uh, it's good. But look, you're 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 super busy at the moment. Lots going on at medical Director's, So, um, th- thank you for making the time. Hey, look, so so MD. I mean, the, the whole you talk about your whole reason for being is is to enable ideal healthcare. Um, you know, general practice. In, in this time, really needs kind of support, and so, how, like, how does how does this change how you support general practice in the times of crisis?
1: Yeah, I think good question. So, I think what we first of all did when when it really started to escalate in early March, um, the first thing we did was get ahead of the lockdown, and, and we decided to make the executive decision to move the business to a full remote model um, over a week and a half before the official lockdown came. So we were prepared. We figured we needed to be ready so that we could be ready for our, our customers who are always going to be ready for for the patients of Australia. So we wanted to just get ahead of that curve. So we started off by basically um, taking our entire business, over 140 staff here in Australia, and, mm-hmm. and making them all remote. And it was amazing to see you know, the team uh, and the business operate you know, not miss a beat, not miss a phone call, not miss a, a query from a customer, um, deliver software through that time. So it's been an amazing effort from my team. So the first thing I want to do is say a big thank you to the team to help you know, who's helped transition the business to be ready to do what we're what we here to do, which is enable ideal healthcare. And to enable that, we really needed to get to better understand the situation. So what's been really critical through this time and what's changed quite a bit is just our engagement with all of the the peak bodies. So whether that's the Department of Health or whether that's the Department of Communication, our industry body, the MSIA, I've got to say, has been doing a stellar job. Emma and the crew there in mm-hmm. making sure that the voices of our of our community are being heard at the highest, most level as these decisions are being made. And the pace of those decisions has been epic. You know we've seen we've seen decisions within a week transition from okay, we're doing telemedicine, telemedicine's only for people with COVID or or at risk. And then it pivoted to now it's for everyone. Now we've seen it pivot again to everyone with with a co-payment. So, you know, it's a Mm -hmm. fast-moving pace and it's important that during this time you're even more connected than ever to those peak bodies and those peak industries so that we can be prepared um, and try and get ahead of these decisions as they fall in to be able to support the doctors um, and the, and the practices and the, and the nurse practitioners, et cetera, out there that use our software. So that's really for me been a, quite a wonderful experience through this, through this hardship is just seeing that collaboration across the industry and across, you know, from government to industry, just seeing that strengthen. And it's been an absolute privilege to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, it's just lightning pace, isn't it? Some of the, oh, the changes you would expect to happen over such a long period of time in healthcare generally and we've been kind of hoping that this kind of stuff would happen over years, but, you know, to do it over days, it's, it, you know, it's some of it's, you know, grace and some of it's kind of, you know, it, it comes with its kind of holes, but in the end, I think just everyone banding together and kind of just getting something done and getting it up is, is kind of obviously critical. Um, you know, I, I think about... Um, you know practices and, and doctors and nurse practitioners and everyone you're talking about like have you had feedback from from them from your customers about how their clinical workflows are changing in the wake of COVID 19.
1: yeah so one of the things we wanted to do is get right on the front foot of that too and um, so as i said as we sort of moved out got ourselves operating Got engaged at the at those sort of peak levels and starting to hear about some of the thinking that was going on. We needed to survey the customers, so we went out and we interviewed over a hundred practices, did a Survey Monkey across our entire um, you know twenty thousand clinician base, and really got to understand what was going on for them. um, Because obviously there's there's the there's the policy and the direction, but then there's actually that executing into real life can often have, you know, some challenges um, that that won't necessarily be seen from the policy. So one of the interesting things as we went and did that is we we saw that you know there was overwhelming. You know, everyone needed to have telehealth capabilities um, and they needed to enable that quickly. The majority of those, 60% of them, I've just got some stats here, so I'm just going to read off a few from this survey we did. 60% of them were using phone and utilising the phone to perform um, a form of remote consultation, Uh, um, preferencing that to the customers that they have, maybe the aged, more elderly people not feeling as tech savvy, etc. 7% of the practices only using video. And then 34% of the practices using both video and um, uh, phone as a combination. Yeah. So one of the things we saw was very quickly that it, it, again, if we go back to our vision of enabling ideal, one of the things we could see was each and every practice had its own demands. You know, one one practice might have been a bulk billing practice. Um, and was happy to transition to that bulk bill telemedicine and saw a massive increase in volume. Mm-hmm. So they needed systems in place to be able to support that increase of volume. Other practices have seen where, where they didn't have a bulk bill, they had more of a co-payment structure, and that copayment structure was then challenged by the bulk billing of the telemedicine, and that they needed to create other avenues for um, for supporting their their patients, um, and then a full mix in between. Um, so we've seen some great initiatives from some of our practices. So some some people are some practices are structuring themselves so they work a component of their day uh, remotely. And these are predominantly the ones on our cloud platform um, on Helix, but they work remotely uh, from the first half of the day, and then they'll go into the practice for the second half of the day, minimizing the exposure of to their staff and to themselves of any potential, you know, infections or or you know, minimizing that that sort of inflow, in and then running. Discrete programs, maybe it's a flu a flu clinic for that time, or making sure that they see their their chronic patients that they need to see during those times. So you're keeping the patients safe as well by dealing with those other scenarios via telemedicine. So a full mix of of all of those um, all those business models are now coming out into the into the market, which again got us back to making sure that we provided capability that was flexible enough to service. The demands of the customers, and as I said, th- those demands were varied um because of obviously we do have a reasonable customer base in, in Australia.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it's because and health healthcare doesn't stop, obviously, but you know, <laughs> yeah. there's the demands on on software, and and there's a lot of innovation happening around that to, you know, help doctors provide healthcare, and you know. In a, in a different way right now, but there's all the other stuff like infrastructure, equipment and training and, and, and bits and pieces that are needed as well. Um, are you guys doing anything to support those other elements as well for doctors?
1: Cool. So, yeah, with that, um, we obviously through that survey. One of the other key things that came back was hardware and infrastructure was an issue. Uh, believe it or not, we had, we had multiple practices reach out to us and say, do you know where I can buy a webcam from? Because there's no more webcams in Australia, yeah. right? Um, and that's a real thing. That was actually genuinely what happened to our to our call center. Mm. Um, and from the survey, we could clearly see that um, both hardware and infrastructure was an issue. Um, and so we embarked on solving. Trying to take the burden of that away again from the thinking of the customer, what could we do to help, um, not only from a medical director's perspective, but also from an industry perspective. What insights could we provide? Um, and during this time, uh, we recognise that uh, obviously telemedicine, it's not only about the download, but it's also about the upload. Mm-hmm. If you've got a busy practice and say you've got four GPs inside that practice. And they're all trying to engage in a telemedicine consultation, and it's roughly, you know, 1.5 megabits a second for a, for a nice connection. As we all know, we've all been experiencing those occasional dropouts. Um, we needed to make sure that infrastructure was was going to be able to support that. So um, we, we were we were then contacted by the NBN around, you know, what were we seeing. And we collaborated with them very closely just to provide them the intel, the information to make them understand, you know, what would be something um, that would support, what would be a, a, a product that would support that type of, of demand on a, on a practice. And so working and collaborating with them, we, we offered them up all the information that we had um, around the telemedicine solutions that we were putting in place. And from there, um, there was an announcement just recently from the Minister to say that all general practices will be provided a free upgrade to a 50 slash 20 megabit upload. So that 20 megabit upload was the important piece. To enable to enable you know Australians to be able to receive telemedicine because it's all right you know as we know the NBN was predominantly built for download so that upload capability was was one of the key things we could see um, through this conversation with with the peak bodies that needed to be addressed so we're really fortunate to be able to work with um, uh, with the NBN Co to. Figure out what that looks like, and then great to see the um, minister go out and promote that for all of the Australian um, general practices out there, which is a great outcome for everyone. So that sort of got the infrastructure done, right? So it's like sweet. So now we've got the now we've got the core infrastructure bedded. We still had this issue around um, uh, equipment. So I reached out to Microsoft, which is our partner, and um, we they they run our cloud solution on their Microsoft Azure platform, extremely safe and stable platform. We're very appreciative of it in this in these times, mm. um, and we asked them, you know have you got anything for us that we could provide to the doctors and we need to be aggressive like these doctors they're hurting they've had some of them have had you know close to 20 30 percent of their revenues vanish from them but we need to keep them operating and they need new ways of operating and they came forward with an offer um, for some of their surface pro equipment and and other ancillaries where we get significant discounts for our customers so making sure that we had the whole conversation understood for the for the GPs as they were looking at changing the way in which they operate so yep we need the software we need to be able to connect people to a to a teleconsultation second thing is we need to make sure that the infrastructure is there and the third thing is we need to make sure that the hardware is there to support them mm-hmm. the piece that medical director has sort of brought forward to this is we are providing a, a telemedicine solution uh, telehealth solutions, very for for our customers for free, um, for the first three months at least. Um, we'll see how we go. Um, as we know, there are costs for us to to manage and maintain those, but it's what we feel is appropriate to be able to support the doctors as they as they are transitioning into this new into this new way of operating. Mm. So yeah, uh, very. All of this happened in around about uh, what was it? 10 days <laughs> so from when we got told hey go i'm like okay what are we going to do To so 10 days later um really having that that platform deployed into our cloud solution and, and actually on friday of this week um, that will be deployed further into our on-premise solution as well yeah, okay. um Okay. Yeah, so so it's a really good 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 place for us to be. So we had to solve all of those pieces to make sure that it it worked.
0: Yeah, and and you know, even going to your website, it's uh, all the messaging there is is very very current and now about addressing those those issues that we'll be facing doctors today. So, you know, if I'm thinking like a a, a doctor who'd want to be, I, I guess, looking for ways to work more remotely and, and you know, stem the spread of infection, you know, I, I'm hearing there's a few things you guys are doing already about, you know, obviously you've got Helix to to allow them to work from home and, and access things they would normally have to go to the clinic for. Um, you, you've got those, you know, the, the 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 telehealth kind of capability as well, or the video consult capability. Um, like We can dig into a bit more detail in relation to that. How are You guys, supporting practices, kind of do that whole model of essentially working remotely.
1: Yeah, so so thanks, Peter. So with that, um, it is a combination of all of these things, and it's about that you know it's about that connectivity, the capability of the platforms. It's about our partners as well. So there's a lot of great partners out there as well that um, we've obviously got a telemedicine solution, but there are others out there which offer different solutions as well to the to the telemedicine problem. Um, So it's about being open with the, the conversation with the practices as they reach out to us and say, okay, look, this is how we want to operate. What's the best what's the best way forward for us? And really being that partner with them, partnering crime to to help pivot their business into the into the new model. So it's a combination of all of those things. Mm. But what I want to say is that combination is mixed depending on on the customer that we have in front of us. As I said before, we have some customers that are very focused on on maintaining their entire shop front and maintaining that service into the community. They're very passionate about that. And it's wonderful to see, you know, the, that level of commitment that, you know, they want to be there um, nine to five like they've always been. Um, but then we've also got other practices that see a more efficient way of operating, as I said before, is to split their time between the remote consultations from home and maybe some time down within the practice. Yeah. So you know, the combination of uh, the, the one cool thing about cloud and, and Helix it's been many years in, in the making, you know, it's, it's, it's now in a place where it can really support and enable um, some of these new ways of operating, which is very exciting for us. So we've got that to really enable the people who want that full flexibility um, as well as if you do have the infrastructure and capability within your practice today to remote in to your infrastructure. So some some of our practices have really good, strong um, IT infrastructure and great IT partners that they've worked with for many years that have supported them with that structure. Um, It also can enable those solutions as well. But if you need a hand with any of that, what I would say is just reach out um, to Medical Director, Customer Service Guide. Are there and they're happy to take the calls and work work with you on on what those needs are for your business.
0: Mm, totally. Um, just thinking about your your telehealth solution. You know, you mentioned it's it's um, you know you've built one inside of of Helix, and you mentioned it's going to go into to clinical as well, like the, the on prem solution. You know, and and you've chosen to go down that path. There's GPS using um, WhatsApp, Zoom, (laughs) uh, any form of video, pick or just picking up the phone and having a chat. Like, why did you guys go down the path of building something into your own software?
1: Yeah, um, one of the things we had seen, and uh, most people have seen this too. You know, the likes of um, the UK government doing a Zoom meeting, um, and you know the risk of that being breached. um, The The real, the real true stories of people using Zoom for, you know, um, for, for preschool and, and kindergartens and, you know, people jumping on there mm. with inappropriate material and, and, and things like that. It's just, it's a great platform, mm. but it was never built for a secure conversation. So we recognized that with healthcare we needed to provide that level of safety. So that was number one. The second one was also after speaking with after speaking with our customers again with the doctors, one of the things they were frustrated with was, yeah, I want to do the teleconsult. If I use my WhatsApp, then all my patients have my personal WhatsApp address. And then <laughs> they'll reach out at ten o'clock at night when they're not feeling well. And there's a there's a liability on me then as a as a provider to be able to service those people. So although it's extremely easy. In some ways, it can expose um, the the practice, the practice, and the practitioner to maybe some unwanted um, conversations um, in, in inappropriate times. So, so although it's a really um, a great tool for us, as we know in society, that they've, they've been built for a different use case. So, again, this was feedback from our customers, recognizing that you know we needed to make sure that we provided them comfort and safety that if they use telemedicine or telehealth with with medical director they they can know that 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 sits firmly within the workflows Um, the last part of it so we had the security we had the you know exposure to personal you know contacts Mm. and then the last part was that continuity um when you're in a very busy practice so the ability for within the patient record for the consultation to appear and the patient to appear within that context, and never able to appear out of that context, is super critical from a clinical care perspective as well. So that allows the doctor with confidence when they're looking at the patient, they know they're looking at their record and they're not double checking or they haven't been distracted. And then you know, as you, we were talking earlier, the kid knocks on the on the door and you sort of go away, you come back, you yeah. know, you've got to make sure that there is that, there is that kind because mistakes can be made. So again, from a clinical um, safety point of view, we also felt that, that was an appropriate way. And again, with conversations with our doctors, that's what they were, they were hoping for. Yeah. Um, so that's why we, that's why we went down that path. We figured that will enable them, uh, uh, the, the security they require, the, um, the appropriate engagement with their patient and um, some, and just so we're clear, some doctors are happy to provide their WhatsApp um, to their patients, um, and th- that's, that's that's great. And again, we can support that through through our platform. Um, but we also recognise that some doctors do need that uh, that sense of delineation between what's personal and what's uh, and what's there for the practice and their patients.
0: Yeah. Um, question without notice, but if yeah. if I think about like tele health and utilizing a telehealth solution for an existing medical director customer. Like that makes a lot of sense. You can, you can try, there's a, like a, a low sense of kind of low barrier to entry of like, hopefully this works for me. And if it doesn't, then, you know, from a GP's perspective, they haven't made that huge investment. As, as we all know, changing practice management systems is, is, is a, is a big deal for a practice, even when there's no kind of pandemic going on. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated. Like there's, there's all these benefits that Helix can bring of being remote and cloud-based and, and, and everything else that medical director, you know, even the clinical solution can bring. Are you getting any interest from, um, you know, practices looking to change over to, to Helix or, or over to medical director from other, um, systems at this time, or is it just too early to consider or too early to tell? Or?
1: It's, it's early, but yes, the answer is, so it's, you're right with it's early. Um, but the answer is yes, we are already seeing, uh, an increase in, in desire to transition over to the cloud, mm. um, we, uh, we've seen our largest onboarding months um, over the last two months for, for Helix as well. Hmm. So we do see this as, as another, another validation point for, um, for that transition time. Um, again, it'll be up to the practice. There's a bell curve um, of adoption and whether you're in crisis or out of crisis, that bell curve still occurs. You know, hmm. Through change, there's, pra- there's practices that want to bunker down hmm. um, and, and just get through to the other side. And there's practices that are are running are running at the change aggressively, yeah. and there's and then in between there's all the variations that I spoke about before. Key thing for us through our vision of enabling ideal, we wanted to make sure we have everything that those customers may need, whether it is you know continuing on uh, with the with the existing platforms and medical director clinical, or all the way through to no, I'm ready to make that transition into the cloud and provide that ultimate flexibility for my. My business, mm-hmm. um, we are we are there for everything and anything. So the answer is yes. We we are seeing we are seeing an increased demand in Helix, but we can support that. Just so everyone's clear. Microsoft have made sure that our, our services are. Uh, put on the priority list again. So if there's any issues or concerns around that, we, we've made sure that we've partnered with Microsoft to
0: mm.
1: ensure that through these times we have the appropriate level of servicing. And yeah, we're, we're happy to take on board
0: anyone who's interested. Yeah, well, it's, it's a good place to be. Hey, look, starting to round things out then, Matt, you know, we're, we're in a position where we're social distancing. We're getting used to that. Um, it feels like we're going to be doing this for a little bit now. Um, you know, there's for, for, for healthcare... You know, it's whilst telemedicine is where we need to get to and can enable all kinds of you know different services it, it's it the healthcare is a, a person-to-person type engagement often and and being able to be in front of someone face to face is obviously what a, what a doctor would would want to be back at in, in a normal safe environment as technology vendors then broadly how how do you think we can be helping out in this this initiative where we're essentially a lot of people are bunkering down or, or you know working from home trying to to help us get a pathway for, for the broader kind of industry I guess health tech industry or technology in general how can we be supporting this kind of directive
1: yeah great question um this is one of the ones which I think is a real balance it's amazing you know how much healthcare is actually transacted you know with a hands-on you know care almost at some point there has to be a human interaction you know mm-hmm. yes m- for a majority of the time you can send a pill you can keep someone's blood pressure where it needs to be when their blood pressure doesn't become. There's this wonderful moment where in healthcare, I think, you know, that's a lot when I speak to a lot of doctors, some of the reasons why they started their whole journey on this was for that connection with that patient to be able to to sort of lay their hands on them and, and, and make them better. So it's a real dichotomy um, that that I think the industry is facing through these telemedicine times. Um, So again, I I go back to, um, we are seeing multiple ways in which doctors are doing that. Obviously mental health, for example, a great initiative there by the government, again, just to spread that capability in telemedicine, um, to be able to have those conversations and at at least be able to see the body language you know so you know it's one step up from from phone you can actually see you can see someone's demeanor a lot more from the um, subconscious cues that, that the body language provides Um so it's those subtleties that video can really help support but then obviously that that end position of am I taking some metrics from this individual you know what are you know what are their lymph nodes like right now are they inflated are they not inflated what are they like relative to the 20 million lymph nodes that I've felt in my entire career. Those sorts of tangible um, pieces that 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 value that you have when you see a doctor, uh, you know, a capable doctor. That's the bit that we're we're struggling with as 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 these changes occur. So I think what we'll see is we'll see a leveling of of where the doctors will feel comfortable in transacting in. Like I said, through that. Through that, maybe just that visual cueing mm. of of a patient to know they're okay, and then they may they'll find themselves at a point where they say, "No, we really need you to come in." Mm. So, and again, it comes back to our enabling ideal. We need to just have the technologies there to allow people to progress through those through those uh, interactions, whether it's the initial phone screen whether it's, you know, or that or that screen might be online through some of our, our, our partners, um, then through to a teleconsult where they might say, you know what, I really need to see you and then come through. So it's really providing a different triage path um, for the doctor. Mm. That's what I think. So the long answer to a, a, a relatively simple question, I think, but I, I just try to get to the point of there's a real there's a real balance in, 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 in how we deliver yep. care and eventually... We need to go see our doctors and that's sort of what I think the ministers and everyone's been crying out saying, don't neglect yourselves, people. You know, yes, telemedicine will get us so far, but guys, if you're sick, go see your doctor. They provide critical, critical information for you through those times, and the best way is still to see that patient, is to still see and stay connected with your doctor. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I think is that's what I think is trying to be articulated when when, yeah. when those conversations are in market.
0: Yeah, and and lastly, I think about that kind of stuff of staying safe and, and putting things in kind of perspective. I, I I think back to our first conversation back last year when you we talked about the the. Humanism outpacing Darwinism kind of concept that you you spoke about, and I'll let listeners kind of go back to that and uh, check that out last year. But how do you think that applies all now in uh, in this current kind of? circumstance with COVID nineteen.
1: Yeah, look, uh, it's one of my whacked out ideas, but but I think it's not just my idea. Like it's, it's, ideas it's, ideas <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a broader it's a broader conversation, but I do I do see this repeating pattern. Maybe it's just me, I'm the only one. Um, but I see this humanity is outpacing Darwinism. And um, we see it really, really vividly right now with, with the COVID virus itself, you know, in a non-humanitarian world. We look at those curves and we talk about flattening the curve. Well, what's flattening that curve is humanity. You know, if humanity wasn't here, that curve mm. would be very Darwinistic in nature, and we'd actually be through it. I think I think I saw one um, epidemiologist report say it would be around about eight to ten weeks, and the the virus would have gone through uh, through the entire population, killed millions of people, mm. of course, mm. um, but but we would now be we would now be continuing on, um, and that is the that is the the pace of that energy that, that we are fighting against. And so what I see again is humanity stepping up and stepping into the fight and really, really pushing hard. But when you push against something, as I think I alluded to in my last conversation, I'm a big sort of believer that, you know, whatever, whatever you do, there's an equal and opposite reaction, mm. And so that's what we're now feeling. So we're fe- the majority of us, the majority of us aren't feeling the impact of the, the virus. We're actually feeling the impact of humanity's response to the virus. Mm. And when we put that into context, we kind of recognise that the pain that we're all going through, the the, the isolation, the loss of jobs, the, the, the economy collapsing around us and all of that stress that can come into an individual's life through these changes, it comes from a humanitarian response, not actually from the COVID response. Mm. The COVID response is really, you can see it, it's, 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 it's much more visceral. Like it, you can go sit in front of someone and see them die through the, you know, through the impact mm. of, of that disease, which is terrible. Mm. Um, but I think if everyone can take a moment to recognize what everyone's feeling right now is in actual fact just that humanitarian response and put that into context. and Know that you know. As long as we do this, we stay safe. Everyone stays comfortable. You know, everyone can get through this. And there will be not everyone. Sorry, there will be some deaths, and that's terrible. But to me, it's that is humanity's response to a Darwinistic world again. So I just see this constant fight, and we see the majority of the issues in our world are are actually from us trying to combat um, the Darwinist or, or nature's nature's way and it's amazing how we see it too you see it in in um, satellite imaging you know you see it in pollution you see it in you know it's just just phenomenal yeah Yeah. and it's and it's humanity's response to a to a darwinistic position just phenomenal outcome so we live we live in amazing times um and we're very privileged and i feel very privileged to um to at least be one you know one one chance, providing one chance to maybe reduce the number of times that a patient has to see a doctor, or yeah. or reduce that number of spread by by the efforts of of of, of medical director. Yeah. So I want to say a big shout out to my team, a huge shout out to all of the staff that have worked ridiculous hours to turn around things within things that would be taking us normally two to three days, they're doing it in two to three hours and doing them at crazy times of the day just to make sure that the practices have the right Medicare benefit schedule fees, that, you know, we've got prompts in the software that stop drugs being dispensed when they shouldn't be dispensed. Uh, We've got all of these things going on to support the efforts of what I really want to say the last thank you to is to the health practitioners and the community and the practice nurses and the practice managers and all of those receptionists, et cetera, that are there servicing the, the people of Australia through this time. Mm. A huge thank you to, to, to from all of us at Medical Director. Just know that we're here to support you guys in whatever it is that you need. You just let us know and we'll do our darndest to make sure we're there to support you.
0: Matt, thank you. That The whacked out point actually became pretty profound. So I'll, um, and we could talk for another half an hour on that one, but it would probably get a bit more whacked out. So <laughs> yeah. Look, we'll have to round it out there. Look, thank you so much for your time. I'll put some details in the show notes for anyone that wants to check out more about what you guys are doing, particularly in response to COVID-19. But I'll leave you to it. Matthew, thanks so much for your time.
1: Appreciate it, Peter. Always a pleasure. Speak next time. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Go check out the website, contribute to the forum, listen to other episodes and get in touch with feedback about the show because collaboration starts with a conversation. Speak to you next time.